Hello and welcome to our podcast Taking Chances with me Sohela Joshi and my co-host Anupama Bhalla. Our guest today is Harshil Karia, founder of Shebang. I have known Harshil for many years and he is one of the brightest and most accomplished person I know. In this episode he talks about his journey, his future plans and what success means to him. His ambition sounds daunting. However, his track record reassures. Welcome Harshil. Thank you Harshil so much for being on our podcast. Anu and I are delighted to have you here with us. Thank you Soela, thank you Anu for having me. I'm dead sure that uh, you know I'm one of the most agreeable guests you've had so I'm looking forward to be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we will see that. Okay. <laughs> So okay, Harshil just to start that uh, you know just to start off I want you to look back and I want you to tell us how you started on this entrepreneurial journey of yours all of us know about your successes but I really want you to look back and take us through that period when you were young and how you started out So you know when I started out I was a young boy and uh, I had the support of many uh, great supportive clients such as yourself So uh, actually first so before I start Soela I want to say thanks to you because you know you were one of those people who kind of like said that look you know let's put our faith in this set of people and uh, you know this guy seems bhola and he seems like he's going to work hard and uh, you know he seems like he knows what he's talking about so let's give him some uh, business but I really went with the stamp you know in those days you were carrying the femina stamp and you were running the you were running the brand femina and uh, you know so the the stamp of femina and the confidence that somebody like you is giving that the fact that these guys can run the work was a big deal and i think that's how we started really you know so i it was uh, it was 2008 you know it was my third internship that i just finished so i was in 3 years of college and fortunately for me college was like uh, college was 4 hours or 5 hours and then i was like what do i do through the rest of the day i mean i had projects but we could finish those projects and i was working for long hours even in those days so i was enjoying myself but i was working for long hours um so out of my 12 months 8 months i would do an internship first year i did 8 months at uh, at densu which was before densu was the densu in india so this is before uh, ashish basin and gang took over densu and uh, you know this was sandeep goel running densu and uh, it was my first internship it was my first taste of advertising i kind of you know they i i'd seen this uh, you know like this constant fight between servicing and creative and the creative people were saying hey you know servicing guys they are like whatever and creative guys are saying hey you know create uh, you know like whatever servicing guys are saying hey creative guys are real fuddu and you know and there was the boss of the office who was sitting in an ivory tower so to get to sandeep goel at that point in time i mean uh, you had to go through his uh, assistant and you had to book a time with him and so like the management was not very approachable there was not like a very fluid work structure and i was like hold on you know there's a better way to run this business i think so that's when the early thoughts of how to run an ad agency business kind of started shaping up for me and the second year was like my second internship was a project where i had to work on setting up wimax boxes all over the city of bombay to you know we were working on a project to make bombay wireless so uh, there was a company that i was working with which was doing that so my job was to convince business building owners to say hey put the box for free on the building and i'll give you internet for the year for free so that was my job basically so i used a lot of facebook in order to get that done and i was quite successful at that so that was like you know i said the first year this advertising stuff second year as i'm doing this uh, using facebook to get stuff going maybe i can do a lot of advertising on facebook was my thought and then third year i was like i was doing uh, blogging so i i was working in a company uh, which went on to become an advertising agency also what consult Uh, so but there used to be a blog what blog what consult was coincidentally acquired by densu a couple of years back you know it was uh, i used to be blogging about 6 to 8 articles every day i'd wake up in the morning write an article about like you know the evolution of the web 2.0 scene and you know i was going to conferences like proto.in where we had the mintras and the uh, you know the jabongs and you know those early days of those companies so i would go to those conferences create videos with the founders and i was like okay this is interesting so when i got out of college I was uh, thinking that I want to combine my first year you know interpretation of this advertising agency and this web 2.0 world to come together to build what was then hot in the market social media marketing so I kind of built this presentation around social media marketing uh, you know the first company I co-founded was Foxy Moron 
my uh, colleagues at the time they were you know they were printing t-shirts and they were making brochures and i was like you know guys this is shit you don't got to do this we got to do the digital stuff um i think uh, i did my worst deal that time because they offered me a deal saying that look you know you can take 50% of the digital business and we'll run the rest of it i should have agreed to that but then i said no you know we want to be four equal so we became a digital first company and then we started growing and that, you know once like i remember i had this presentation about 100 site presentation that i had built which we used to go from company to company to um, kind of like show them saying hey you know this is the future and like i would go to a cadbury's and i'd go to a l'oreal and i'd go to sit and you know like i'd say just hear me out and uh, then one of them clicked and then a second one clicked and a third one clicked and i think that's when uh, clients get confidence when there is some good brands on your credentials list that if a femina trusts you and a soela joshi trusts you then you must be doing something right 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 i agree i agree but i mean uh, you know you were so young so where was the confidence coming from harshil to be able to approach such big brands because i remember you as a real young boy you know stepping into a cabin but so confident and you know knowing what you were doing and i told you i was one of your most agreeable guests you said we'll see now you know your question is answered <laughs> right so uh, no but the confidence is not like i don't i mean i don't think i was very confident as a you know growing up i don't think i was very confident i think it was more like you have not much to lose let's be also let's be honest about this right and i i think i hire a lot of people at this stage so it's kind of a double edged sword to say this but is the truth is the truth which is that starting salaries in the advertising business are not that high and i what was my opportunity cost at the time was not too much so it wasn't really confidence as much as the opportunity cost is not that high so even if i fail so what you know and i'm determined to kind of succeed in this business so uh, i'm going to give it my best shot and i liked i think it's it's also this right like uh, when you get and that's how our brain also works is wired for you know from a neuroscience perspective that you get success and you get success and you get success you get addicted to that wanting that so i guess a bit of that was at play right so yeah yeah and what about uh, would first mover advantage have uh, worked for you somewhere in the back of your head that yeah, you guys were really one of the first ones the right to timing. do that hmm. it was right. definitely the right timing so you know i mean if i had to really bring it back to what i've done with shebang you know so my if i just to because the market had somewhat matured 7 years later and when i'm coming back into the market to give you a context my first office at foxymoron was a 200 square foot office with no windows with no bathroom wooden walls which i got done painted with canvas to just make it look i mean i remember like remembering the tom sawyer story you know how the, the white washing of fence if you guys have read that story where he had the task of white washing the fence and it was a tedious task but he told his friend saying hey what are you doing you're going to the river i I've got the opportunity to whitewash the fence, so we kind of did that. Like I kind of called uh, all my artist friends to say, "Hey, hey, let's paint this canvas." And it was one of the most beautiful offices we had uh, back then. So that was 200 square feet versus seven years later when I entered the market again. It takes, you know, the market has a certain level of maturity. So that time you're putting in investment to bring in 10,000 square feet with 40 people on day zero without a single client because you're that confident that you can build up the business. So I think, yeah, for sure. it was about the right timing the market was i mean see it's like timing also but at the same time the timing was right for you to come in at zero investment mm. so right. i mean i think i would say that timing is right even right now for you to enter but then i'm not coming in at zero investment there's still a market there's still a growing market but you have to come in with with a thought through approach whereas that time it was you could bring it right so harshil what were the challenges that you had to overcome in the beginning so the challenges i would say a lot of the challenges were just about trust and you know you 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 got to see you're seeing a bunch of uh, 21 year old guys 22 year old guys who you're giving arguably a small mandate on a national brand to these young guys so there was a lot of like um, trust building that you would need to do and there was a lot of uh, showcasing i mean how do you showcase trust you showcase trust with building of systems with the right people in the right job Um, you know uh, the other way that that trust gets built is you know when you say something you actually live up to it so ensuring that your you know all your commitments are met uh, if your commitments are not met then you have to walk the extra mile to meet the commitment and in a lot of cases you're kind of giving the commitment also 
without really thinking through because you want that job and then sometimes you're going to have to eat into your margin to make sure that the commitment is delivered so i think those were some of the challenges you know also i think when you're building a business when you're that young um you probably you're not you don't have that mature mind to um you know see certain things through so you know you you kind of tend to let your life go a little bit astray you don't think through too many of those uh, you know too many of the decisions that you make like an age of between 21 to 26 most of most young people have a lot of a lot of assumptions i think maybe we are slightly more uh, at that age slightly more rigid than one actually things i think now that i think back in hindsight you know so some of those i think you know growing up while also trying to build this while trying to contain and maintain trust without knowing too much about business you know those are some of the challenges but i think now in hindsight it was okay right so uh, you know arjun something very interesting you said earlier that when you started oxymoron that was a time where you could possibly wing a lot of things and when you came down to shebang there was a lot more at risk at that point you didn't have the first mover advantage so you know there's a we had a speaker who said something to us very bluntly he said you can't be cheap about your dreams right whatever mm. you're trying to do you got to put everything in there time effort and all of that so right. what were the risks that you took with shebang you know because obviously you were no longer the first one in the market there were a lot of agencies which were already into that space so when you came yeah. in what were the risks that you took with shebang and have they paid off and uh, did you hedge your bets yeah so uh, i think it's a great point that you know it's a great question that you asked as well as a great point that your speaker has put across uh, i think the um, you know some of the risks so in context i think what i was trying to say also in context you know day 1 uh, i came in to the market with a 40 person team without a single piece of committed business so i had 40 people on payroll effectively i mean that's that's a that's a hefty salary bill already for the first 3 months without any business you know so that's the risk that we came in with that's the you know we said we we were basically signaling to the market saying we are open we are highly skilled professionals who are open and we are hungry give us your work and we will deliver really well on it so that's a that's the signal we were sending to the market we were sending signal to people who wanted to work with us saying that look you know you we here's a you know here's here's a team which has a mm. high amount of ambition which will not be cheap about chasing the ambition which will which will think big uh, and i think that vision then started to evolve because i'm i'm glad that we did it that way you know because the vision started to evolve when there is a there is a gap in the global market with respect to communication creativity and technology together from an indian space you know so india has really occupied the space with it with pcs uh, with wipro with infosys and the giants who've done such a phenomenal job for the country as well as you know the number of people that they hire and the business that they've built all over the world you know whereas in my line of work in the line of creativity communications and technology we've got global players who are either japanese or french or american or british primarily um, and you know there is no large dominant indian player and that's the that's the place that we are playing for so over the next 25 years you know if after uh, you two young lovely ladies will have me on your podcast after 25 years which is a super <laughs> successful podcast after 25 years maybe we can talk a little bit about that you know how we have <laughs> managed to go all over the world yeah yeah no actually you make a very interesting point because uh, you know i kind of um, help out with this ngo and when they were looking for a marketing agency they were very keen to look for one that was india based or rather uh, it had indian staff it could have been based anywhere in that sense but they wanted that mm. sensibility and it was quite interesting actually you know that they specifically said let's look for an agency in india though most mm. of the people operating in the system are out of india you know mm. and uh, uh, so they were very keen to do that so there certainly is a market out there largest talent market in the world so mm. i mean that's a, that's the opportunity we're sitting on and that's the opportunity certainly. that we have in terms of this business to be able to consolidate it i think a lot of my peers where i i mean i i just have to stick it out because a lot of my peers basically have you know merged their companies with a larger group or got in acquired and i think you know i mean as we sit at shebang now we're a team of about uh, i mean we we somewhere in between 650 and 700 people roughly i actually as of today we're about 672 people in the company and uh, mm. i think that if we are able to scale this up 
you know over the next few years i i have i think that this this idea of a of an indian company which is able to serve in the communication and technology space and the creativity and technology space all over the world and there's so many biz- i mean and now the other the other part of the the other part of reality is that you have so many of our indian managers who are leading companies all over the world so if we can if we can convince them that you know we've got the right pricing we've got the right talent and we've got the right ethic uh, to be able to deliver uh, to them with the right kind of trust it's kind of like you know the story that we are talking about the starting story but the starting story was about winning trust for a smaller contract this is about winning trust for a bigger contract bigger one. and structuring the team and process and you know sticking to your word is your bond uh, for a larger contract and um, you know i think i'm really excited about building that out actually so uh, you know being so vast today uh, you know harshal you've got a lot of sub companies you're also operating outside of india Uh, so has it all gone the way you planned it or if you look back you feel you could have done something differently and done it better i think more or less is on track uh, ah. i'm excited about this phase 2 um, because i think uh, you know this phase 2 is something that i had not really prepped myself i knew i could get to this phase but now the next phase is something that i'm very excited to deliver and uh, very excited to kind of take the next step on uh, you know i mean we we wish to see ourselves maybe in the next 3 to 5 years as a, maybe a publicly listed company yeah. you know in that's that's what we are aiming for then we are uh, you know the international expansion has to shape up the dominance in india we have to be the number one in india by you know like a significant uh, in like a good stamp in terms of okay these guys are a little untouchable with respect to the number one is concerned so that's that's what we are working on so it's uh, this next phase is i i've not done it and i haven't seen it Uh, but i keep like kind of working on visualizing it every day so that's what i'm excited to deliver right okay. just just okay. you're just putting it out in the universe and knowing you harshil you'll definitely you know succeed so how would you define success so well, it's a good luck charm so you know if i say it in front of so well, it's going to happen <laughs> so uh, harshil how do you define success and how long did you take to find it honestly is i mean i don't know if i can define it uh right now i don't know how to define it and i don't think like i see it as a like you know this is success achieved because there's a lot uh more to do so i think i mean like most people talk about like what's the thing about the human being which is the greatest quality of the human being which is that you can constantly refine yourself and you can constantly improve yourself so that's the greatest quality so i guess maybe if i just to look at that then maybe success is the ability to constantly be able to redefine yourself and think more infinitely i think that's success Yeah so I don't know I mean I don't know if I can count that oh you're successful or something like that because I think that's it's too premature it's too young in my journey to talk about it I mean this ans- this really amazes me because you've achieved so much and you know so many milestones you've crossed and yet for you you are not being able to quantify success I mean it's it's it's, it's uh, I mean it's surprising Yeah I mean I'm like I'm not trying to say it like that only because I'm genuinely I don't I don't uh, I'm not able to put a thing on it you know like i mean and I, I, i i really don't really think about it that much because the i i got to think about what's forward and uh, you know i have got this i've got this vision to achieve of so much to be put out there i mean there's so much like you know i'm kind of thinking in terms of refining my uh, offering also right like so the thing i'm talking to my teams about now is that while we're talking about one india out approach we're also talking about a india in approach because i see a future where you know we are right now working on a program where we are identifying the top scoring districts in terms of schools and villages across the country where we are putting investments of teachers in it and in art so i see 5 years later i'm employing people out there you know so with this digitized world i have uh, let's talk about a shebang office in at least uh, 2000 villages across the country as an outpost where i'm hiring five five people plus i've got offices across the world and i'm able to build this network of people who are able to deliver the best quality creative and tech work for companies around the world for their contracts and we've got a strong operations team which is able to figure out who should go for what job uh, we are working right now in area of cyber security and in area of uh, you know data big data ai ml for uh, bfsi that's another joint venture we're doing with uh, us, you know the swedes they've got a big consulting company out there q so we've done a collaboration on joint venture called shebang q so that's where we are going in as well so there's a lot to do honestly so i don't know if i can sit and say okay this is success i mean there's like way, the 
amount to do is way more than the amount i can even reflect back on i'm not saying that i'm not grateful for what's been done but uh, but i love uh, i love where i'm at right now like with the possibilities that lie ahead wow i mean that that's that's a big dream harshal uh, all the best to you hope you can achieve it and then we'll have a even you. more interesting podcast 25 years from now 25 yeah. <laughs> he's going to be young hey, and this hey. and yeah we will be like he'll be younger he'll be younger so yeah. it's okay <laughs> so um harshal i wanted to ask you you know what tends to happen is once one starts a business or thinks about doing something there's a lot of thing that one uh, you know things that one is aligning you know your thoughts mm. what your product is all about the services that you're giving out who's your target audience then you hire a staff that's aligned to the way you think and your support services and all of that right so what do you do to ensure that you've got this aligned because you know if you go down the wrong path or your audience is not the right audience uh, you know you can go downhill quite easily you know in a in a new business mm. so what what steps do you take to ensure that everything is aligned to the thing that you're focusing towards or the consumer you're focusing towards so uh, anupam it's a great uh, question from the point of view but i think the question the question already has the answer you know you've you've uh, i think the answer that you've given is alignment is a constant process and and it's about being centric to customer and you know you're constantly refining it over time to make sure it's balanced um so i think i mean i don't think that's a singular answer to it i think that you can what you can do is you can you can build process around trying to structure your service in a way where you are able to give it exactly to the customer's requirement so you know like you said it's it's about serving the customer so it's most important to understand what success means like for the customer i think in most new business meetings what we try to just understand is what does success mean for the customer once you know what success means for the customer you're kind of working your way backwards from that uh, and you're aligning towards that and uh, then once you know what success looks like then you know what you've got and then what you've got to meet that is an is a process of enrichment uh, and for during that enrichment to have minimum errors you're going to put structure so that's what we try to do at shebang um, so you know what we what we try to do over the last couple of years is we try to put very strong structures with respect to internal mis so i think we've got one of the stronger uh, internal mis systems that we built out in terms of uh, you know all formats all structures all documents all kind of reporting formats all logins to systems and tools that we have they're all centralized into what we call the shebang wiki it's uh, all put together it's about uh, it's about 200 gb of data in the cloud which people can access in an interactive format uh, we're building now uh, you know a much more superior version of that uh, we've got Uh, really great uh, software in terms of you know the way our people can interact with each other so we've got that we've got a shebang academy we realized that we were paying money to people outside to train our people so what we said is why can't we just pay money to our own people to train our own people so we've got now an each one teach one program about eight trainings a month which is identified for the teams inside shebang across different levels uh, which are done we uh, you know like yourselves we run a podcast called the shebang in it where we have our people as well as we've got people from outside and uh, right now we're turning our entire induction system into a podcast so you know people could be on a run in listening to getting inducted into the company listening so you know that that kind of stuff is what you kind of try to do to enrich your company and uh, i i think you know there's i mean like even if i answer this now maybe 3 months later i'll add four more things because that's the whole point of enrichment right it's constant like enrichment does not stop And I think that's a great part of actually running a, uh, running a services company because I think services company helps you really razor sharp focus on that you know the enrichment uh, and it's a constant job so yeah that's that's the fun part of it and and as you go global are these sensibilities changing you know how you do something in India is it different from what you are doing let's say in Canada or and so on and so forth so are these sensibilities yeah hundred percent hundred percent so uh, you know process. of delivery will depend on again what success looks like so if success for the customer in uh, japan or the customer in singapore is different the process will need to be slightly different to reach at that success um for example a lot of indian service being delivered in the creative and tech space still you know you, when you're delivering it out of india you're delivering things which are what i would call standardized routine services banners you know adaptations articles 
um, you know, you're building out and you're structuring a CRM and putting it for them, or you're setting up a marketing automation, all of those things, they're paying a slightly better price for that, or not a slightly better, you know, significantly better price for that. But they're still, they're still kind of, they're still, they're still bottom of the piece, uh, final pieces of work. And uh, that's, that's where they're at. Uh, so, so, but at the same time, you know, the quality at which you deliver has to be much better. So that's why the process will get enriched even more for that market. I don't know if that's answering a question, but it's like, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I think it is, it is tuned slightly differently. It's about, uh, let's, let's give the analogy of, a, you know, like your, your car is a hundred, a thousand CC car, and then you're suddenly becoming a 2000 CC car. So, you know, everything else has to be tuned a little differently. Yeah. Right, right. right. Arshil, let's talk a little bit about culture. And, you know, how important is culture in all these companies, you know, that you've built and what is your role and how do you drive it and where does, uh, you know, and, and how important it is for you to ensure that it reflects from where you come from? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, culture is like culture is like its breath. So it's constantly being worked on. So, you know, particularly in this period of the, you know, the last two years, once people have gotten more used to e stuff you know we are having this conversation on zoom we would probably not be doing it two uh, two years earlier uh, so i think what what this structure has allowed us to do is form culture in a better way um, you know using the best of virtual and uh, physical you know like i said you know in the in this culture bit you know this academy that we are talking about or the wiki that we are talking about they are living breathing remnants of culture uh, you know, the physical space that you build is a living, breathing remnant of the culture that you have. The, uh, you know, the kind of actions that you undertake. So for us, the kind of actions that we would undertake, you know, I mean, we've got a very strong induction program, three days, people going through immersing themselves into culture. We've got, uh, we've got about seven strong principles that we've outlined, uh, you know, which are the, which are the governing principles for running the business. Um, you know, so, I mean, basic things we ingrain in the, in, in our people at day zero, which is the first principle we have is that your client's business wins, we win. We've got our word is our bond. You know, those kind of principles which get which get inducted into people's minds with examples. And you know, those principles are the bedrock for people to then see the work that's already been done and you know how how we create benchmarks. So uh, so I think that's that's a little bit of how we bring people into the company. So I think that you know when people come into company and how you immerse them into the culture is one is very important. And then once you immerse them into the culture, we've got a strong human resources team also who's constantly trying to get an assessment score from the new people who join the company within the first 30 days, within the first 60 days, within the first 90 days. So we evaluate that score once every 14 days of all the new joinees in the, in the company. Then also this, uh, you know, I think culture is somewhere linked to the vision also. So, you know, like this vision that we're building out is kind of fueling the culture because we're kind of telling people saying, look, go out and grow in, in all ways. And, and uh, then apart from that, you've also got culture from the standpoint of uh, like uh, the actions that you undertake, right? So like, you know, in uh, this period where it was a tougher period, it's also like, you know, are you releasing salaries early? Did you give any cuts? We didn't give any cuts to any of the teams. Uh, we had, uh, you know, we were in fact, for, the, for, for about eight months, we were releasing salary seven days earlier than we normally do because people would need to, you know, kind of like work on their uh, uh, management of their own cash flows. It was a strenuous time for people. I think a lot of companies have given the two days of vaccination leave. We did that. We had the mental health leave. Uh, we had a lot of these other initiatives around the academy, which kind of came out. We had the, you know, so these eight trainings a month is actually great enrichment in terms of perspective. We've got external creative directors who come and drive a creative vision. We've got some technology people who drive it. I think that's, I mean, when people see all of this coming together, that's culture, right? So that's, that's right. where it is, I think. Right, right. Um, what have you guys heard of, uh, you know, from this particular question, Soela, that you put? Like, what have you guys uh, seen across all the guests that you guys have interviewed in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of culture? And what, what, what do you think uh, you would add to what I've said? Yeah, I, I think one of the things is that, you know, when we've had a person, you know, who's leading a company and all, I think empathy is something that, you know, a lot of training is happening where CEOs are concerned. You know, they're really getting into that area of uh, you know ensuring that uh, you know the uh, you know that they're empathetic to what's happening you know during this pandemic whether it's at home you know what's happening mm. with women and all so we hear a lot of people talking about that uh, the other thing is really when your uh, workplace is 
you know, very, very young. And a lot of us who are in position, we come from that traditional, you know, mold. So a lot of uh, culture is actually driven by the young people. And the change and the mm. shift has to happen with us. And we have to grow, you know, uh, you know, for them and with them. So I'm seeing that, you yeah. know, the workplace is becoming more uh, younger and the managers need to be aware of, you know, what are really the needs of, uh, you know, the young people. And I see an active, uh, you know, participation by the, uh, you know, the older generation, older managers into this hmm. uh, thing. Yeah. In fact, I was going to say exactly that because we see that when we talk to, uh, you know, younger generation guys like you who... Uh, part of the new, you know, uh, world system, so to speak. Uh, you speak a slightly different language than people who've been in the system, like 20, 20 plus years like us. You know, like you talk about, we are doing this. They talk about, oh, we've changed to this. So that whole conversation is different, you know. So mm. uh, you see that the marked difference between talking to the younger generation and talking to people who've been in the system for like two decades plus. Got it. Yeah, but Got certainly everybody is moving towards being more flexible, more understanding, and you know uh, that whole let's be equal and simple yeah. things like don't stand up for the boss necessarily and address him by his first name. We came out of a system where that had probably started happening, or or yeah. rather we are the implementers of it now, you know, versus mm. having experienced it when we were young. So yeah, this. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. Also, just you know, when when it comes to growth of a company versus a growth of an individual, I think it's very similar. You know, like I think most things that you talk about in terms of like you know, if you are if you are an individual and you want to grow yourself, most people give you the advice that be consistent with your goals, uh, practice empathy, uh, you know, uh, put your goals out there constantly. You know, do two things. One is weed out the inefficiencies in yourself and grow your perspective. So I think, you know, I mean, I'd like, I mean, I just draw the analogy between company and uh, yeah. person is very much the same. I think the company is just like an integrated organism of many people, uh, which is like one person. And that's the interesting part of like, you know, kind of running with that. And then so many interesting ideas come out from the people once you've kind of created these guardrails. So, you know, for this period in the last two years, we had, uh, so much work done also. In fact, we have like right now teams packing for Diwali. We have about uh, uh, 500 gifts going out to uh, zero to five kids in, uh, you know, five villages that we've identified. We did in the middle of it, we did a donation of uh, 25 bicycles because we have kids who are uh, kind of coming to from, you know, in the Pada system of villages, you have to the school till the fourth standard, fifth standard. And then till the 10th, you have to go and ride the bicycle. So, you know, that that uh, to the 10th class, you have to go to ride your bicycle, which is in the main center of the village. So, you know, we had kids who came in from one or two villages. We are supporting saying we want bicycles. We had that done. We had our office during the pandemic turn into a kitchen, community kitchen. So we were making food every day because my housekeeping staff was coming. I didn't want to cut their salaries, but they were like, they're going to come to office every day. And the housekeeping staff is coming and, you know, they're not really got much to take care of because the house is empty. So, uh, you know, all of them chipped in and they became, uh, we became a community kitchen. We were doing 200 meals every day uh, to Tata Memorial Hospital and few other hospitals in Parel. And, uh, you know, I mean, like lots of stuff. So we had, uh, we, I mean, we, we had obviously a lot of requests coming in and Tachwood, our business was doing well, you know, in this period because digital business was doing well. Uh, before we left, uh, before we left this uh, period in February, March, our team strength was about 315 people. You know, we get out of it, we are about 650 people. So we've obviously grown. Uh, revenues have grown. Our bottom line has grown. All of that has done well for us. So we said it's very critical in this period also to, you know, back. I mean, one thing is, yeah, like empathy is uh, just not just in that, but, you know, and then people in the organization get enthused about that. Yeah, uh, that this yeah is that's what correct. We are doing together. So, uh, yeah, like that's, I think that. So I think how do you put all this together and run it well? And uh, that's why I'm so excited about growing the business more because the more you can grow the business, the more you can create impact. So that is what is a driving factor, you know, like that's what you wake up every day with saying that, okay, you know, this is why this day is bigger than the rest. I mean, obviously you get challenges. It's not like I'm not got a bad day. I'll have clients calling me saying, hey, your team is not doing well on this and I need a better team on that. And, you know, I mean, that you have to constantly work hard. So I, I would say that I do work hard from those perspectives. And I face those challenges like anybody else. But I think it's the other thing, like because I've got this back thing in my back, that's what I try to use as my booster jet, you know. That when the chips are down, you wake up with that and you like wake up with a big smile on your face. Right. 
Harshil, I don't know if you are aware that, you know, along with my day job, just, uh, you know, in uh, March of this year, I invested in, uh, you know, in an organic food brand. And, you know, I'm like looking forward to, you know, even having this entrepreneurial journey after so many years of working. So like I kind of balance my office work along with this, uh, you know, business that I do. So uh, and you've, uh, you know, uh, had quite a few running this podcast. And running this podcast with Anu. Uh, but uh, so knowing that, you know, you've, uh, you know, started, uh, you know, so many businesses of your own, how much money do you think uh, is needed to get started? What would you tell, you know, how much money is really needed to ensure that, you know, your business can, you know, get a good start and you can, you know, be successful? So I started my first business with about uh, 50,000 bucks in my pocket. Uh, and my second business I started with about, uh, I put an investment outlay about four crores odd. Uh, so it's different. And I am now in the midst of starting my third business, giving birth to my third business, uh, which is a app, a global fun app that we're building in the space of, uh, uh, personal growth. So we're making, so we call it level and we call it the game of growth. So we're making personal growth. We're turning it into a game. And uh, that business, we are going to do a fundraise on, but we've set, I mean, we've, we've set aside about a crore of rupees to build the tech and then we are uh, going to do a fundraise. So I think, I mean, there's no real answer to, to what the, what the amount is. I think, uh, I mean, to each his own, right? Like whatever they, whatever you can invest. I mean, at the end of the day, money is money, is something that grows if you churn it correctly and, and the lower amount you put the higher your upside is, I think, because because you're you're putting in lesser and then you're likely to accelerate growth. So you will you will bootstrap a lot more through things. I mean, you talk to Riyaz Amlani and he'll talk about Cafe Mocha, how they you know got that space in Churchgate, but they went to Chor Bazaar and they, they took all the furniture and it was the coolest place in town with all that furniture. So they had like a lower capex, but opex as much as anybody else. But on opex also you'll economize. So if you start with lower, then your capex is likely to be lower. Like, I mean, the case of my story of also with the Tom Sawyer canvas, you know, I didn't have to invest in a fancy office on day zero. I did very low capex. I did, I was frugal on opex and then we grew the business. And then once the business grows, you have to ensure that your opex is strong enough to be able to sustain quality for your customers. So I think that's, I mean, there's no real answer to it. Like whatever you have, if you have it in your mind and if you can jump into the market, go for it. Yeah. So the reason I try to give all the numbers also is that, you know, there is no, there is no yeah. answer. There is no like one answer. Yeah. It's just right. that sometimes right. money becomes a deterrent. You know, you wonder that are you really, you know, putting in enough to give yourself the best chance of succeeding or are you like yeah. really being cautious? So, you know, that's really. A- no, so actually I had this, uh, you know, I had this chat with, uh, uh, so there's a, there's a business I've just invested in. It's an interesting business. Uh, called archives, you know, you can see this here, it's a luxury brand that we are building. Uh, and it says, I dream in India, we are building uh, luxury products, uh, stores and uh, candles and you know, what have you. And we, we've got a, uh, we've got an interesting in- Instagram handle. We've got about 65,000 followers on that Instagram handle because we do some beautiful writing. It started out as an editorial platform and we were trying to raise money for the business. But what happened is that when we tried to raise money for this business, and I'm, I mean, I'm a small minority in this business, but I was just in, happened to be in one of the investor meetings. And uh, the guy said that, look, you know, if you've got, if you've got 10 lakh, which you put into the business uh, and you think you can uh, roll the money, don't come to me for raising a round, just sell out the 10 lakh damn worth of inventory if you're confident about your brand, you know? So that was a good piece of advice, which was that, you got, you got a small amount, max out, sell out within that small amount. That small amount is going to become a slightly bigger amount. And then you max that out and that's going to become a slightly bigger amount. And that's how it grows. You know, that's how money grows. Right. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So we've point. got quarter one, actually, coincidentally on the archives business, we have, uh, we did a, we did a, uh, I mean, we did a, we did an order of about 500 candles. We sold out all 500 candles for quarter one in about four days of launch, which is what he wanted and which is exactly what we've done. So uh, we're now excited for quarter two and I think that's how it kind of works. No? So Harshil, with all this experience behind you and you know all these companies that you're investing <laughs> in and all the growth plans that you have, are there any rules and formulas uh, you know, for success, something that gives you an edge over anybody else, things that you must follow? Um, you should have, 
you know you should not be like me at the start of this conversation saying i'm most agreeable guest you should have uh, a <laughs> kind of like i guess uh, self awareness on humility i was just joking about that in the first part though uh, but i think like that was i think it's uh, your your family support system the friends you work with and the friends who grow your mind uh, who you interact with are very very critical this whole idea of self discipline is i think i mean i'm very attracted to that idea of self discipline because if you can manage yourself you can manage the world around you and uh, yeah i mean i don't know if there's any rules you know like but these are few things that i try to follow which is the which is which is this this bit you know just right uh, right be be focused yeah. on that i mean there are basic principles right you got to constantly grow yourself constantly enrich yourself put yourself in the right company without bad habits uh, structure good habits you know i mean and then you got to have this inside you this process of wanting to give yourself out there right so you know uh, just taking from what soila asked you a little while earlier where she said you know what does it take to start out whether it's you know money or anything else in the similar fashion there's always also a time to let go you know things may not work mm. out the way you want them to and that's not easy to do because you know you've put in all your hard work blood and sweat and all of that's in there but as an entrepreneur you know having done so many things i'm sure there are certain things which you had to let go of or didn't work up the way mm. you wanted to so as per you what is that time when you have to say hey you know what we've got to let this go this is not happening whatever the reasons may be but what makes you realize that you've reached that time with any particular thing that you're doing uh i mean if it's not finding success in the marketplace that you're at in 3 to 6 months in a service business if you know you're constantly pitching it and it's not either the pricing is not right or the product is not good enough you i mean and if you're i mean if you're going after a streak of meetings where nothing is clicking and you're also not able to get out of the meeting and say that okay this is not click and i'll change this and then go back so if you're not doing enrichment and it's not clicking and you're doing the same thing as flatlining then it's time to let it go so i mean I, that's i don't know if it's a good enough answer but like it's that's the basic mm. truth i feel and mm-hmm. it's uh, you know then you could it of, also could it also be that you are kind of ahead of your times do you realize that sometimes that okay maybe this is not the time for it it's right but it's not the time for it have you ever experienced that i mean if whether you're ahead or behind you're not on time so i don't i don't see it as ahead of the curve or behind the curve i just think that it's okay. not on the curve and uh, you know and then we have to we have to make sure you give what it takes to make it on the curve Well, I feel like that ahead of the curve is a little bit. I'm, you know, I, I mean, it's a thing our mind can play on us to be a little pompous about it. The truth is, it's not catching fire. If it's not catching fire, it's not catching fire. It's what it is, and just go back okay. to it. Okay. So, um, Harshil, uh, I mean, what would you tell people who've had failed businesses? Should that go on their resume or not? Because today, everyone is trying the hand at entrepreneurship, but in case if something doesn't work out, I mean, should one talk about it, put it in their resume? I mean, how would you, uh, you know, feel about? I think so. Actually, I so I have a, I have a, uh, I have an entrepreneur in my team. She leads our business on the business transformation team that we work. She leads the new business on that. She had a very interesting business, uh, the Parfait Co. Uh, they were making French Parfait uh, in, you know, in in our country, and they were fairly well distributed. They raised a round of funding, and then kind of then she decided for various reasons to, you know, let go of the business. Sharmin is her name, Sharmin Indorwala, and she's a fantastic member of my team. And I think I was very drawn to her putting that on her resume and talking through her journey. It was very difficult for her. I, I think when we spoke the first two three times, it was difficult for her to express that I hadn't been able to run this business off the ground. But I found that I found the uh, you know the perspective that she had gained while running this business and the depth with which she was speaking. Also excited to be able to build and work with her. so uh, you know i think that is uh, very interesting and i think uh, if you've got interesting perspectives in terms of where you build the business and you put in all your effort and you know you are showcasing that you are the kind of person who brings professionalism as well as a you know never say die attitude then of course please by all means should be putting it on there right right so uh, any great piece of advice that you've got harshil which helped you along the way or changed the way you did things and you know it's uh, worked out for you in your business as well as your personal life i think for me a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of the work that i think when i started doing and i, I mean maybe it's a little i mean maybe it doesn't work for everybody so it's fine but for me personally i tried the practice of meditation 
for about three years back. Uh, and it's something that I engaged in on an everyday basis. Uh, and it's, uh, I think it's helped me personally a lot in terms of distilling clarity on what I'm doing and finding more purpose when I just shut down myself and try to connect with myself. So po- for me personally, that's worked a lot. Do you follow any, you know, guru or anything like that? Or you meditate on your own? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I mean, I've been through a process. So I started with, uh, you know, like a consumer tech, like Headspace. And then I went into, I was following this lady, Kelly Howell, who is, a, a, you know, she specializes in theta meditation. Um, then I started uh, chanced upon the Bhagavad Gita and I started reading the Bhagavad Gita and I started kind of like distilling that. So I was exposed there to chanting based meditation. And uh, then uh, I've also been exposed to a little bit of uh, Paramahans Yoganand school of uh, meditation. So that's Yoga uh, more, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's more uh, uh, breathwork based and uh, visualization based. Uh, so I've tried all sorts of things. I think now I kind of sit in between uh, something that works for me. So that's, that's where I'm at. But I'd love to learn a bit more about that. So I don't think I've... I'm in a place where I say, okay, I've got one thing. I will continue to learn if something new comes 100%. Comes on. Right. You know, the one thing I know, I mean, uh, I must tell you is that Harshil knows how much I love him, how much I respect him. I follow his career. I always reach out to him on everything and, you know, stuff like that. And you're just, uh, just so multi-talented. I mean, you do yoga, you're into meditation, you built companies, this whole level dot game. I mean, I follow that and all of that. But what is this one piece that you're working on now that you're finding most challenging and that you think will be most fulfilling? That one piece, because you just do so much. Um, good question. I, I think, I think uh, building both these companies together, level and shebang, and with both their purposes, uh, because with, with Level, you know, actually I want to tell you this interesting story of, uh, I have a friend uh, who is a Brahmachari, you know, so he's a, he used to be in London with HSBC Bank and then he decided to quit it all and become a monk. And uh, it was the 6th of February this year that I was sitting with him and uh, he, he told me something very interesting. You know, I said, I'm about to start building this app Level and, uh, you know, it's in the space of getting more people conscious and it's getting people ignited on their growth journey, but I'm trying to make it fun. The process of self-growth, I'm trying to make it fun. Uh, you know, there's a lot of literature out there in terms of growth books, etc. But, you know, like I think now people want to do it rather than, uh, you know, just read about it. So action it. So how can I make that action more fun? And that's what I'm building with level. And he said to me one thing, you know, he said like, uh, Harshal, it's very interesting to observe that in, a, in, in society, when you have a difference between expectation and outcome, that's where violence exists. When, you know, at a very broad level, people expect something and outcome is something else. And that's where violence exists. And a good culture acts like a glue to kind of bring the balance between expectation and outcome and, you know, kind of keep a society in harmony. And the only way you can get millions of people in harmony is, and he did this, he looked, he looked this way. He said, you can only get millions of people to live in harmony if they are following, looking there. Or like, I mean, what he was saying is following the path. So I think that's the most interesting uh, thing I'm working on right now with Level, which is that if I'm able to get people accelerated and ignited on that journey of their self-transformation and growth, you know, that's a very tall ask to make, uh, take. But if it really succeeds well, it'll have a tremendous impact in terms of, you know, how it affects people. And I think what we are doing with Shebang, also building this company with a, with a, this global mindset, really taking, unleashing the best Indian talent in creative and tech to serve the needs of uh, companies across the world to fuse creativity and interesting creative technology into their bloodstream while also building a very unique model, you know, so both those are very challenging. I think balancing both those and I, I find that the most challenging, you know, how do I manage my time between both those and how do I give input to both those and how do I enrich between both those goals and, uh, you know, am I doing well enough? Some days I'm not doing well enough. So you know, that's the difficult part. So, the, but both the, uh, both the challenges are very exciting. So that's the good thing. Okay. One more thing, you know, Soela said many things, but I, if, the, if the viewers manage to reach till here and if they found me tolerable to reach till here, I also want to plug in my uh, music 
you know i have two songs you can just put my name on youtube and uh, you know one song is around entrepreneurship and one song is around uh, interesting getting out of your uh, you know like getting out of your uh, when your when your chips are down to really rise above you've sung it or the lyrics are yours or both no i've i the first one is called urjare which is around yeah. entrepreneurship yeah. and which i have written and sung uh, okay. the second one is urja bandeya which i have not written i have written few words on it but i have had a lyricist friend help me and uh, i've sung okay. it Okay. Okay. I'm telling you, Anu, he is like. I mean, there is nothing that he can't do. I'm telling. I thought I no, was no, doing a lot of things. things. No, no, no. no, no, no I thought no, I was no. doing a lot of things, but obviously, I'm not. No, 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 Anu. There is no comparison with Harshil. Comparison looks Harshil. like it. Yeah. Uh, so, Harshil, our last question to you, which we ask all our guests, and you know, you've spoken at length about everything that you're doing, and you want to be at the top of the game uh, with regards to you know an Indian company and so on. So, is that your vision? Is that your template for your professional life and where do you see yourself let's say many years from now what would make you feel satisfied and happy that yes this is what i did and i achieved this template whether it be professional or personal i think if you call me back 25 years later and if you also still running this podcast and uh, you know you you guys are super successful and you managed to uh, think my success is worthy enough to bring you here to talk to bring me here to talk about that is what i would consider success 25 years down the line that was an interesting but also an evasive answer actually <laughs> <laughs> right but anyway i am amazed by everything that you are doing you know i was aware of shebang and you know things surrounding it but not everything else Actually, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. I mean, it's always a pleasure to just uh, you know have you and chat with you. I mean, you amaze me all the time. Thank yes, you so, so much. Thank you so much for kind and nice words, and thank you for inviting me. It was such a pleasure to uh, always talk to you. Is a pleasure. So I got the pleasure was mine. Opportunity was mine. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks, Harshil, for being with us. Hi, listeners of Taking Chances. I'm Harshil, and I. Really had an amazing time recording my podcast with uh, Soela and Anupama. They're the fantastic hosts, and uh, if you're following them, then you're lucky. And uh, please keep giving them your best wishes because I've left this podcast with a request to them that they keep running this for the next twenty-five years. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Harshan. Thank so you. Much, nice meeting you. We hope this podcast encourages you to follow your dreams listeners. We will be back very soon with more chance takers. Till then, have a good day and do like and share this podcast.